Okie doke, ready? Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin, the podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, joining me as always is my lovely co-host Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I'm feeling back to normal. I'm feeling back into the swing of things. Yes. For the past few weeks, we've been watching and recording on off days for us. Ah. Sunday is usually our, all right, let's just get this shit done kind of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we, uh, you know, hunkered down to, to do on this lovely Sunday. We sure did hunker down. <laughs> you probably won't get to hear this until Monday. Yeah. But just so that you know, we are recording this on a Sunday. Trying to get... Back on track. Back on track. But it's hard because we have so many other podcasts to record. We have like six or seven other shows that we do. Right. (laughs) The door is just constantly knocking for us. Absolutely. All these sponsors. Yeah, celebrity appearances. We were on Good Morning America the other day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. None of that's true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not not someone who I guess like requires a routine necessarily. Yeah. Um, But I am a, a little bit type A. In that, you know, I I like to get stuff done when I need to get it done. And I feel like we've been avoiding the podcast um, throughout the past couple of weeks. So I'm glad that we're back here. You hate this. <laughs> You're like, what are you, where are you going with this? <laughs> Ripping yarn. We're back on track as we watched this week's episode. Which I had to look down in my notes to remember what the movie was called. I asked you 15 times It's all called day. Looking Glass. Glass. I'm sure that there are a number of other movies with the name The Looking Glass or Through the Looking Glass. This one is just called Looking Glass. And Nicolas Cage plays a father with a recently deceased child who he and his wife decide to start a new life over and they buy a motel in the middle of a desert off of a Craigslist ad but things are not as normal as they seem. I don't know why because... anyone would expect them to be. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would be normal if it weren't the plot of a movie. But... Mm, I don't know. Buying a motel off of a Craigslist ad from someone who doesn't show up to give you the key. Yeah, he I got would run away in immediately. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he discovers that one of the rooms has a two-way mirror in it, and he uses it to creep pretty effectively and hence the name The Looking Glass. So that's the very brief plot of the movie. Honestly, the plot doesn't get much more interesting than that, but we will go through it Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene in a few moments. We're going to get started here with some of the behind-the-scenes information. I think you usually start with some facts, figures, and numbers, if you'll be some so kind. Some numbers, yes, sir. So this movie, Looking Glass, came out in 2018. Like Steve said, there might be other movies named Looking Glass, but... If you look up Looking Glass 2018 or if you look up Looking Glass Nicolas Cage, which is always the easiest way to find these movies, that's Mm. how you can find it. It has a 4.6 out of 10 and a 21 on IMDb and a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty fair, I think. Yeah, I think it's suitable for it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't find the budget, but it made $76,788 ah, at the so, box office. So they were really counting those every last counting penny. Counting those pennies. Yeah, absolutely. At the end. 
doesn't surprise me. This movie, I don't remember being advertised. Nope. It seems like a straight-to-DVD type of deal. Oh, definitely. So Steve mentioned that the plot doesn't get too much more exciting than what he already talked about, and I think that that might be because this is actually based off of a true story. Oh, is it really? It is. So it is an exaggerated Hollywood version of a true life story of a man named Gerald Foos, who owned Foos, F-O-O-S, who owned a um, Colorado motel and secretly watched his guests through some specially crafted vents in the Ah, ceiling or in the walls or something. They made a documentary in 2017 called Voyeur the year before this movie came out. And it was based on a New Yorker article that came out about the voyeur's motel, which is what they called his motel because he's okay. a voyeur. Sure. The publication from the New Yorker and Gerald Foos's <laughs> actions obviously sparked a lot of controversy. He justified his behavior and his actions as a means of conducting research concerning sexual behaviors so that was the way that this guy was able to justify it even though they were unknowing and unwilling participants in Uh, these studies yes it's just full-on creeping Mm -hmm. yeah okay um actually in 2016 in april uh steven spielberg in fact purchased the rights to create a film based upon this guy's life he had sam mendez signed up to direct and then he um ended up canceling Uh, later that year after that documentary voyeur which i I believe is on netflix um Mm. was announced that they were coming out with that so steven spielberg decided to pass on it and then whatever director and production company decided to pick up uh looking glass after the documentary came out just capitalize on something that had already been made capitalize on something that used to have spielberg's name attached Uh, to it too yeah (laughs) That's how they made that those final $88. Real Spielberg fans were, were watching this movie. Right. There were four that went to the movie theater, and that yeah. accounts for the $88. The $88. <laughs> those are expensive tickets. Yeah, LA. Theaters these days, I'll tell you. Uh, everything for this movie was filmed in Utah. Um, oh, the okay. motel interior was filmed in the old Eola International Plane Hangar. Uh, I thought so. Yeah. (laughs) Did it look familiar to you? Yeah, yeah. From all those days that you spent in the Eola. In the ye old. (laughs) Ye old international plane hangar. Yeah, you know me. Um, It was also filmed in Aikens Lodge, which you and I have had a lot of history at in um, Kanab, Utah. That's where we got married. Um, (laughs) That's where we had our first son. (laughs) You said that pretty convincingly, <laughs> like that we actually had a history there. And I'm like, I've never heard of we've this We've never place. even been to Utah no. before. <laughs> no. Um, Aiken's Lodge, really special place for, for the podcast. Yeah, we'll have to make a pilgrimage there sometime. I'm looking forward to it. And then we'll hang out in the old Eola International plane hangar. It's pronounced Ye Old International <laughs> plane old. It's like E apostrophe Ola. Eola. Not with an H, like O-L-A. E apostrophe O L I, so I don't I don't know that I who cares. <laughs> <laughs> the female lead in this, her name is Robin Tunney. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not recognize her. Me neither. She's been in stuff. I think she yeah. was in Prison Break. Is what I looked up. I don't need oh, to look okay. up the rest. Um, she did a Hollywood Reporter article and described Nick Cage as one of the greatest actors ever, and she has never enjoyed working with anyone as much as she enjoyed working with Nick Cage. And Steve and I 
both said while we were watching the movie that they have really good chemistry together. They do. I thought so. They were believable as husband and wife. Absolutely. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. They had a fight that was bad, (laughs) which we'll get to. Yeah. But like overall, I would say that their chemistry was good. I, I I could tell that they got along on set. Yeah, I think so. It's funny that she says that he's like the greatest actor that she's ever acted with, seeing as how she hasn't really acted with anybody major before then, I guess. Well, when did Prison Break come out? Was Prison Break before? I guess it was. Yeah. All right. So Wentworth Miller and the other guy from Prison Break, Dominic Purcell. The Mentalist, Prison Break. She doesn't come up as a top-billed actress. What was her name again? Robin Tunney. Yeah, she doesn't come up as somebody top-billed on Prison Break, so... No. I don't I think then, I don't think she was a major player, but I've never seen the show, so if there are any big prison break fans out there, let us know. She was Veronica Donovan. Ah. Your favorite character. Well, yeah, I mean I've got a shrine to her in my <laughs> closet. And then she played Teresa Lisbon on the television series The Mentalist. Okay, so who cares? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. she really likes Nick. Of course. And so do we. Let's talk about him. <laughs> so do we. Let's talk about it. <laughs> He did an interview about his love of independent films because whenever he's in a really shitty movie, <laughs> he never wants to actually talk about the movie and the process yeah. making the movie. He only wants to talk about how much he likes making movies like this because it makes him feel good about himself. Sure. So he always talks a lot about the spirit of the independent film mm. and how it really gives him an opportunity to shine because he's not like constrained by the big budget big box office films that he's in like he's complained about with uh what was the original dark oh dying of the dying of the light like that whole controversy yeah it's he's they they re-edited the movie because nick's like an action star from the 90s and right he didn't like that neither did the director yeah it it's just we've we've said this before, but usually whenever he does an independent movie like this one that doesn't end up particularly good, he doesn't say like, "Well, I really liked what the director did with this no, movie." No, he only talks I about did, himself. I didn't let, or mm-hmm. or he'll say he won't say, "Oh, I really liked my co-stars, whatever." I really liked the choices he that talks some about people the process, made. He'll he'll his say process. like he'll say, "You know, independent movies are just so good to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so good to be a part yeah. of this." He's like, super diplomatic yeah. about it. Yeah, always. Exactly. Like he has a script. Because he's made a lot of these shitty movies. Yeah, he knows what to do. He yeah. knows what to do. Um, he said that an independent film like this one gives him the freedom to experiment and realize his dreams in terms of his performance. That there are yeah. fewer cooks in the kitchen, less money on the line. It allows him to attempt some styles of performance that you can't do in a big budget type of film. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, time is money, right? So you can't be like, I'm going to try this one, but as a snake. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be wiggling around the room it's like nick (laughs) you know we got like a thousand people behind the camera who are getting paid by the hour like you can't do this right when there's four people yeah exactly it's it's a little you got more wiggle room (laughs) for that type of nonsense yeah the interviewer asked him he apparently he's talked about something called the super eight feeling before oh yeah um so she wanted to know what he felt about or like what that feeling meant for him or how he gets that feeling and he said that he made these super eight type movies with his brother growing up as a kid um (laughs) would love to see some of those he said it's the best feeling in your professional life when you're working on something whether it's on 35 millimeter or whatever because it's a feeling when you're making the movie just because you love making movies right 
So that's that Super 8 feeling. And he, uh, I don't think he actually came out and said that he gets it from this. But like, I think he, in a roundabout way, was like, independent films give me that Super 8 feeling without uh, being like, the looking glass gave me that Super 8 right. feeling. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> because he neither wants to like... Yeah, know, he doesn't this like movie, you said. Like yeah. he doesn't want to lie. Yeah, this movie was a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> so the interviewer finally asked him why he decided to take on this project, and he said that Looking Glass was a really great bookend to the year when he made both Mandy and Mom and Dad. He said it's a mm. reminder to his audience and also himself that he could be more internal and have a more quiet performance style because he he's. Does. I feel like he's so insecure about this recently. Yeah. Like he's constantly talking about the fact that he's like, I know that all my, you know, audience and my fans think I'm just a meme, but you have to remember that I'm like just a really quiet guy and I can really portray that in movies too. And it's like, yeah, you've made like a hundred and we know that you can, Mm -hmm. but people don't come to see that. Just like, I'm not going to go to a Counting Crows concert (laughs) to hear them perform like their B-side record like a weird version of it like yeah. i'm gonna go to there to hear mr jones and in like the normal way right <laughs> but <laughs> but you're proving nicholas cage's point in that he wants to show the world that he's more than just one note yeah but i don't mean to say dance monkey dance but yeah, it's exactly like you're, you're making a huge paycheck because you're an a-list hollywood star you have yeah. to recognize what put you there well, what put him there it. is the choices that he made. So whether he chooses no, to th- make... These types of movies do oh, not no. put him there. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. But what honestly put him there was that he got cast because of nepotism, even though he was trying to avoid nepotism. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. No, he, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there. He 100% uh-huh. deserves all of the fame and the lack of fortune (laughs) (laughs) that he has like he he deserves that academy award like he Mm. deserves the accolades he deserves to be called by this robin tunney woman actor Mm. that you know he's like the greatest actor to work with like he Mm. absolutely deserves all of that but what he doesn't deserve is to constantly be belittling his audience and saying oh you guys you forget that I'm a real actor. And it's like, we don't forget. We don't forget. We know that you can do this. But it's like, we're not paying. Clearly, we th- this movie made $76,788. People aren't paying to see you do this type of shit, Nick. Yeah. People aren't paying to see this. Yeah. I know yeah. you get paid anyway, but people aren't paying. Yeah. I don't know. That's my soapbox. I'll okay. Get off of it. Okay. I get it. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But I guess... Most of his audience is not watching all of his movies back to back to back to back to back like we are. So they don't really, you know. And, well, they should. And these movies are not <laughs> I know all of you, as soon as we come out with an episode, you go and you find the movie and you, you watch, watch it yourself. You watch the movie first and then you and listen, then you to, listen our, to our podcast. Of course podcast. you do. Of course no. you do. Like a good little. No, don't do that ever. Through Nick and Thin fan. We do this podcast yeah, so, so that, that you don't, don't have, have to. to. Yeah. This is for you. Yeah. For all you wannabe Nicolas Cage fans out there, you could, <laughs> ju- you could just be... You don't have to be. You could yeah. just listen to us talk about it. Like 45 minutes to an hour rather than two hours and dealing with streaming and stuff. You can just put us in on It's your a way really to work. low commitment. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that more people haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm 
nutshell. We should advertise ourselves as a really low commitment. We're a really low commitment podcast. <laughs> Listen to it's us like an like. hour once a week so that yeah. you could learn about a man's entire career. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, I mean, what else are you doing? Watching TikToks? Come right? on, these kids these days. <laughs> wow. We've really gone off the rails early in this episode. <laughs> no I, I don't have anything else. You don't have anything else. <laughs> like, that's okay. it. That's all we got here. All right. Well, it is interesting. I didn't know that this was somewhat based on a true story. Ger- so that's pretty cool. Gerald Foos. Who would have thunk it? All right. So as I teased a mere 15 minutes ago. Ooh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> you just like choke halfway through saying Steven Spielberg? Yeah. You said who would have thunk it and I was drinking. Oh. And I said Steven Spielberg. You said Steven and then swallowed what you were drinking because and then I was said Spielberg. <laughs> you got to get, get off the bottle there, head. You got to get off the sauce. It is water. It's water. All right. So we're going to go through this movie. Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. And there's a lot to just gloss over in this movie. So I'm really going to try to keep it brief for you fine folks out there. Because Nick, this is a low commitment podcast. It is a low and commitment podcast. we need to stick to our word here. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we've had recent episodes that have been... We relay the plot as best we can, but the plot makes no sense unless you're watching it, especially like Mandy last week. Right. It's like, what the hell did I just listen to? <laughs> <laughs> so as I, I mentioned... I know what I watched when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Or Dark or any of the other recent ones. The Humanity Bureau? What the hell was that nonsense? Nonsense is what it was. <laughs> Remember when he spoke the Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> no, I, I like Amazing. to forget it. Go back and listen to the Humanity <laughs> Bureau if you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Oh, goodness. So, as I mentioned, Nicolas Cage and his wife, whatever her name was. Robin Tunney. I've already forgotten. <laughs> Is that why you think... So, Robin Tunney has an R tattooed on her <laughs> shoulder. And we're not sure if that's the character or the actress. And I, I like Cage's, to think it's the character because Nick Cage's character's name is Ray. Yeah. So I like to think that she has an R. It's in like script too. Yeah. It's, it's in like, like the font that you would get something monogrammed in. It's like when SpongeBob <laughs> had to write his essay and he starts writing frantically and it's just a really fancy the. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, but it's an R. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's they probably just went with it. They probably changed his name to Ray. To, oh, from Gerald. <laughs> yeah, because she's got the tattoo. And he's not Asian. Oh, he was an Asian guy? Foos sounds kind of Asian oh, to I, me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Didn't look him up. No. <laughs> Is he the heir to the foosball throne? White, not Asian. Mm. It's my mistake. Okay. Looks like Dude. Who's the KFC guy. <laughs> Colonel Sanders? Yeah. He looks like Colonel Sanders? Yeah. Oh my god, he does look like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> but he's wearing white, so yeah. I guess that is part of it. But yeah, white hair, white goatee, black glasses. Hotel owner who sensationally revealed he perved on thousands of guests. Dot, Yikes. Dot, dot. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, Colonel Sanders. Anyway. Ray. We haven't gotten past their names yet. <laughs> Nicholas Cage and Robin Tunney are driving in the car on their way to their new motel that they just purchased, purchased from Craigslist off of an ad on Craigslist after some guy was super sketchy. He wanted to sell it real quick. He was sort of a weirdo. They are moving because they need a fresh start because apparently their daughter had fallen out of a window while Nicolas Cage was banging the neighbor and Robin Tunney was either high or drunk or something. So 
We don't learn all of that right away. We learn that throughout the movie. Like I said, I'm glossing over a few things. Nicolas Cage's look, we should talk about this real quick. He's got a real dark beard, Harry Potter-type glasses. His hair is also darkened, I feel like, for this movie. But he's looking good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, I mentioned that his hair looks full. Yeah, until he's, like, backlit. <laughs> and then you can see straight sure through sure my it. hair wouldn't look full if I were backlit. You're kind of backlit right now. I can't see it. I can't see through it. Yeah, I have really thick hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you've got that beehive going too, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Always. Uh, yeah. It's my signature look. Like Marge Simpson. It's just, whoom, straight up. Theater of the mind, folks. How's this working for you? Eat a lot of carrots. Carrots? That'll happen for you. Is that right? Yeah. My God. Vitamin Ooh, A. Okay. Really does. <laughs> there, I should, I want to point this out in this movie. There is. A brief moment where they're driving and she's like, hey, can we stop to pee? And mm-hmm. they stop and pee. And then they get back in the car and they keep driving and the credits are still rolling. <laughs> like, why did they stop to pee? Uh, why did they show so us So they would have stuff to go over the credits rolling. Because <laughs> <sighs> otherwise it would just be jump cuts of the Utah desert. It's so It's so frustrating. <laughs> Also, the movie said that it was made by like some Australian production company, oh, so yeah. we assumed that they were in Australia, but they were not. They no. were in the United States, in the Southwest, my favorite <laughs> region. Are you filming in the desert? <laughs> Hire us. We've got the expertise, <laughs> even though we're in the U.S. How's my Australian? Coyotes. Coyotes. We know how to get rid of them for you. Oh, God. That's real bad. Real bad? Real bad. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> So, upon entering this motel, they're settling in. There's a montage of them, you know, making repairs, cleaning the place up. Nicolas Cage finds a private room that is deadbolted, uh, or or padlocked, I guess I should say. He opens it up, and what does he find? But he finds that it's the laundry room that happens to be locked up, and a basement, which you... It's like a crawl space. Yeah, but the basement, he went down, and mm-hmm. you immediately said, I wouldn't go down there. No. And then you said, and I quote, hella spook. So, <laughs> real, real, real choice uh, terminology there. But, so, Nicolas Cage, not right away, but he does ultimately discover that there is a crawl space in this basement of this laundry room. And it is lit neon green for some reason. Yeah. Unidentified the- why the electricity is always on in the crawl space. Uh, yeah, I don't know why it's green. Also, when they show up to the motel for the first time, everything's blue, blue. outside. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're trying to do what Mandy did successfully, but in a much worse movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With color and lighting. So they start checking in guests. The first guest is a sexy lady, likely a prostitute. The second guest is some friendly truck driver named tommy he keeps coming back he's like the nicest guy he's the friendliest guy but he except he's a sex addict he needs to keep bringing (laughs) prostitutes in because he can't get it on with his wife anymore yeah and so he because he drives a big tractor trailer truck he likes to park at the end of the motel so he likes to take room 10 everyone wants room everyone wants room 10 because it's right at the end it's it's far away from everything else yeah because they're making a lot of noise but room 10 is the room with the aforementioned looking glass so when you go through the crawl space you go underneath the the entire motel until you get to room 10 you crawl up through the wall and you can see through a two-way mirror into whatever's happening so nicholas cage 
discovers it. He sees Tommy banging some prostitute or some woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He later goes through and sees the prostitute with another sexy lady. Uh, The first guest to sign in, who is the sexy lady, sees her with another sexy lady and someone creepily watching. So he sees it uh, a, a couple of times. He does have a moment where he falls asleep after seeing the looking, looking, going through the looking glass the first time, and he has this dream about him having sex with the cleaning lady, who's like this older Hispanic woman. It's very odd. It's very strange. I don't know why they included that. Then there's a moment where he comes home, or he comes back to the to the main house of the motel, and his wife has these adoption papers out on the table and this is such a weird scene it's such a poorly acted scene i don't know if it's worth including clips just trust us it's an it's a bad acting scene it's like sort of loud talking it's not really screaming yeah their fight doesn't make any sense well their fight is like you know oh well maybe you should have been there where were you you were high you were banging the neighbor yeah, but before that, it's like, why, why are you looking at adopting a kid? Yeah. And she's like, it's just a paper. You don't have to feed it. Yeah, he freaks out, though. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why would you look at this paper? Yeah. She's like, it's just a paper. Yeah. It's a brochure. Yeah, I'm on her side. <laughs> I don't care about either of them. <laughs> so. Or their fragile relationship. <laughs> yeah. So after Nicolas Cage sees the two sexy ladies getting it on through the looking glass that one time. He then decides to go back to his own room and make sweet, sweet love to his wife. But it gets really weird because as they're showing that, the one of the prostitutes gets, like, captured and murdered. The original one, like the one. Yeah, the first one. The first guest that they had. Yeah. So after they've had their sexy time... Uh, we also get introduced to the to the local sheriff. He shows up. He's you know he seems like a nice guy and all. He's not, but he's just an expo- piece of exposition at this point in the movie. And because very demanding though, yeah, he drinks coffee even though they're in the desert, like hot coffee. Yeah, but, he was like, "Why is there no coffee for me?" Yeah, basically. It's yeah, like, but he was sort of nice though yeah, in the beginning, I guess. Anyway, because they banged, he and his wife, not he and the cop, (laughs) Nicholas Cage and his wife banged, so they're feeling each other, so they decide to turn on the no vacancy sign and go, because I guess they're somewhere near Vegas. Uh, So they they go into town for a night out on the town, just the two of them, and we get like a good minute or two of just Nicholas Cage dad dancing, just doing these awkward dad dances. I think he does a dice thing at one point. He does a dice thing. He does does like a a lawnmower at one point. I was going to say, he does a lot of like punching motion. So many punching motions. Punching downward, punching upward, punching to the side. A lot of fists flying. A lot of fists. Oh, yeah. It it looks good. (laughs) They return from the, the casino to find a dead pig in their pool with a picture of a woman a young woman's graduation photo that says chrissy on it very weird like the pig is fully excavated like gutted yeah yeah it's like gutted it's like hollow and the picture's inside it's very strange nicholas cage doesn't call his new buddy the cop he, he takes, takes it, it in yeah. his car and takes it out to the desert and yeah. burns it yeah. So he just has a pig roast in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and the cop shows up and is like, "What? You're not supposed to do that kind of thing." Like, cause... like you're gonna attract coyotes. Yeah, exactly. Which obviously, like, call your cop. You just made you friends just with him. this cop. He was so nice. Also, like the 
there's like a gas station across the street and those oh, yeah. people are really weird like every, weird. everyone is like you're the new guy nick cage we know everybody in this town except you except you you're the new person so you must be responsible for all the bad shit that's gonna go down yeah it's like the the gas station attendant is a mob boss he's like hey i'm the new guy nice to meet you and he's like, if you need he's, anything, I got my guys and they'll get them for you. My guys know how to get things done. If you have a problem, we take care of it. It's like, oh my it's God. Like, okay, There's dude. There's like 15 people in this y- town. You run a gas station for a town of like 30 people. <laughs> like, relax. So we then get some exposition about this pig and about everything that's happened with this motel because Tommy shows up and he gives a little exposition and the cop shows up and he gives more exposition and essentially what had happened was that the rumor was that there was a woman who cut herself and then went for a swim and she bled out in the pool of the motel and she died in the pool, which made the previous owner leave the motel in a hurry. But the cop says those were not self-inflicted wounds. There, There's no way it could have been. She was murdered at this hotel and that's why the cop is is looking for the former owner, and Nick's like, I, I don't know how to get in touch with them. <laughs> Which is true. He's not lying. Yeah, exactly. So um, there is a moment where the cop goes, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when she died, it was the night after you came to look at this place for the first time. Did you do it? And then Nick repeats, did I did I do what? Did I did I do what? Did you do it? Did I do what? Did you do it? Did I do what? Nick, did you do it? Did I do what? Did you do it? Did I do what? <laughs> it was uh, no exaggeration. It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> so now that that has been explained thoroughly to the audience, uh, <laughs> Nic- <laughs> Nicholas Cage decides to one last time go into the looking glass room and sees the second sexy lady now with a third sexy lady. He does have a moment where he like bites his finger in anticipation because mm-hmm. he's enjoying himself back there, I suppose. Such a fucking creep. Oh, absolutely. Then he he later hears some noises and finds that there's some man who threw blood all over one of his windows. Mm-hmm. He goes to chase after them. And as he chases after the person who threw blood, he realizes that one of the sexy ladies is leaving. Thinking that the sexy lady is involved with the disappearance of the first sexy lady, he chases the second sexy lady to a bar where he confronts her. And she sort of confronts him to the point where he gets thrown out of the bar. And this is where I will insert some clips because he goes off as he gets thrown out of this bar. All right. All right. Who else was in that room with you? Can be a hero? Back up. Back the fuck up. All right. Back up, man. Easy. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if it's evident in the clip, but he pulls a gun at some point. So uh, there's that. I don't know where he got the gun. Yeah, who knows? He's a business owner in Utah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of par for the course. That's true, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I think they're supposed to be in Nevada, right? Because they go to the casino. It's not really... I don't. It, I don't think it was explicitly Vegas. Like it could have just been any casino. Yeah, somebody mentioned it offhand that people stop in their motel on their way to Vegas. Oh, so they're okay. like outside of Vegas. Nevada. Somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then they kept saying he was from the city. If that's yeah, Reno I guess that could be L.A. too. L.A. Yeah. 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 Salt Lake City. I mean, who knows? Uh, could be Seattle. 
Philadelphia. Chicago. New Dubai. York. Dubai. <laughs> that one I didn't expect. <laughs> I, He's I thought, from the city. You know, Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the joke was going to be that we're just going to keep naming random cities that don't make any sense. But Yeah, like, Dubai makes no that, sense. That one crushed it. <laughs> so Nick Cage gets back home after pulling the gun on this, you know, bartender or, or bouncer or what have you in this prostitute, the second sexy lady. Mm-hmm. And he stumbles upon his wife, who is very sus of his whereabouts. And she said that she's been talking to the cop who started saying a whole bunch of things about how he's implied with the murder of the first sexy lady. And so <laughs> and so they have a big argument. In fact, Nicolas Cage at one point even screams because she locks herself in the bathroom. Maggie, stop! Open the door! God damn it! They start, like, actually physically fighting each other. It's very weird. And he pushes her into the shower and is like, and turns need to, it on. He's you like, need you need to, to cool off. off. Cool. I was going to say calm down, but he does say cool off and he turns the water on. And he turns the water on, which, like, I guess would work for someone maybe having a panic attack or something. But I don't I think mean, that she was, was the case. Like, she was trying to take a bunch of pills. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. If I that, don't know if that would work for anyone, to be honest. I don't know either. Because if you like first calm them down and then put them in the shower, perhaps. But you don't like if you want to stop someone from having a panic attack. I don't think that like the move is to th- is to thrust them into like, the shower. Yeah, and force and, them into anything. Yeah, and yeah. then throw cold water on them. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem like it's going to settle anything for someone who is anxious. Yeah, I I don't know, and like violent too like that it was weird anyway now they're wet and they're fighting and they start <laughs> anger banging as the kids call it and now they're wet and they're fighting they're wet and they're fighting and now they just start having sex and so they wake up the next morning and she's like i need to leave that was the perfect way to say goodbye this isn't working anymore and he's like wait i need to show you something and he shows her the looking glass and she's like oh this is what you like i guess he tells her everything oh you're a creep i need to leave and go to my mother's house yeah goodbye yeah she doesn't i don't know if she leaves right away but the cop comes over and he's like hey stop drinking coffee i have iced tea now he's like okay what can i do for you he's like i'm just gonna hang out with you today i really need to get in touch with that previous owner and he keeps harping on i really need to get in touch with him i really need to get in touch with him and uh they you know are talking about the sexy ladies and and how suspicious everything (laughs) is and so Nicolas Cage finally gets in touch. Like what you refer to specific characters as on our podcast <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I mean we've had spooky boys, we've it's had sexy like, ladies. The poor man's this. A poor man something, yeah. But so <laughs> I mean because they're not named actresses. At one point when the sexy ladies were like making out with each other, I was like, I wonder what these two are doing now. Like what are what are they Soft acting in today? Porn. Prison break, maybe. Perhaps. Oh. <laughs> I, I think it's a good show. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things. Mixed reviews. Anywho. I already forget Robin's character's name. Maggie. No, in Prison Break. Oh, in Prison Break? Nah, I don't fucking remember. So there is a montage of Nick Cage trying to get in touch with the previous owner. He finally gets in touch with the previous owner, and the owner says, meet me out in the middle of the desert near the old wind turbine or something <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. He writes it down or whatever. It's more specific than what I've just said. Yeah. But he shows up with a Geiger counter, like a like a radiation mm-hmm. sensor. 
and uh, they have this really weird conversation, and he's just a kook, this this old guy, <laughs> this previous owner. And he's talking to Nick Cage, and then he just gets sniped through the chest out of nowhere. So, And you see like a beige car drive away. Do you see a beige car drive away? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I missed that part, I guess. So Nick Cage rushes back to the motel. He calls his wife and screams, Ben's dead, you need to pack the car. <laughs> are you gonna cut it in or is that just i don't know it's just gonna depend <laughs> it's gonna depend on how much background music there is on that one please leave that one in. Yeah. <laughs> all right i'll leave it in so he gets back to the motel realizes that there was a struggle everything uh, the his his room is all disheveled mm-hmm. and he can't find his wife but he sees a light on in room 10 so nick cage thinking that somebody's got his wife, goes into the looking glass, goes under through the the spooky basement and and through the walls to the looking glass and sees that it's none other than the cop who this whole time seemed like a friend, seemed like a good cop. He's the one who has his wife bound and gagged in the room. And he he also reveals that he had been, uh, you know, having prostitutes and maybe even murdering people and that the previous owner found him through the looking glass he doesn't know it's there yet but the previous owner found out and so he had to you know the previous owner had to had to leave town because i guess he's the only cop in this small town nick cage comes crashing through the glass tackles the dude they have a fight they both stab each other with some broken pieces of glass nick cage reach the guns get knocked out of each other's hands nick cage reaches for the gun shoots the guy Shoots the cop, saves his wife. Tommy shows up and he's like, hey, is room 10 open? <laughs> they look at him, say nothing, drive off the end. It's, it literally says the end. Yeah. On the screen, it says the end. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, There's in, no resolution. No. You know how in PowerPoint you can do like the... <laughs> the fade in. The, fade. <laughs> yeah. You're the amplify like the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that. That's how the end comes in. So... We're like, okay... That's the movie. I don't know if I missed anything major there, Han. Do you have anything so. else to to add? I mean, it was pretty Dull. bad. Yeah. I mean, like, it just wasn't great. You know, we've seen some great ones recently. Yeah. I think I think the problem was the plot. And I, yeah. I don't know if that's because they were like, okay, well, it's a cool story. But, like, where do we expand it other than he looked at people? Right. Right. Yep. I don't know. Maybe they could have had him looking at more people and learning about, like, their sexual escapades and stuff. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't look at enough people. I don't don't know. know. But, like, how many people are coming to this hotel in this town of 30 people? Right. On their way to Vegas. Who's staying at random-ass motels? This Prostitutes, I guess, and truck drivers. Prostitutes and this one truck driver, Tommy. Yeah. And the cop who... Well, he didn't stay there. Wasn't he watching them? watching the prostitutes there was somebody watching the prostitutes i assumed it was the cop oh but I also didn't even think about that so there's a lot of like plot yeah holes here. well yeah and also like also who killed who ben? killed who like, killed I the previous owner in the desert presume the cop because but, it was a beige car and the sheriff's car was beige but like nick cage immediately left the desert and went right back to the motel so i guess the cop got there like slightly before him and had enough time to tussle with his wife and like tie her up in room 10 that doesn't make any sense (laughs) i don't know maybe it was one of the 
like mobsters from across oh, the street. Yeah, yeah, maybe that probably. was. Yeah, probably was. But yeah, like that's weird. Why wouldn't they tell us who that was? And why wouldn't they tell us, like, who the mysterious man in the room with the prostitutes has been? Right. You know. Yeah, I think it's implied that it's the cop, but it's not really explicit. Yeah, so. you. That's bad yeah. writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe bad directing. So that's gonna do it for the movie. I think we have some Nicolas Cage awards to go through. Who do you think is best supporting actor? Um. The cleaning lady. We did not mention her much, (laughs) but I'm going to give it to the cleaning lady. Yeah, she just had such a classic, like, almost family guy level (laughs) of of a stereotypical, like, Hispanic accent. She shows up the first day and Nick Cage is like, who are you? She's like, I am the cleaning lady. (laughs) She's like, who's this guy? She's like, he's my my nephew. My nephew. (laughs) Yeah, she says it like that, too. It's very, it's like cute. It's really cute. I like her. Yeah. Uh, Best dressed. I don't know um, that there was an outstanding glasses. outfit. Yeah. Because he doesn't always wear them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. He has like a flannel and like Steve said, they're, I mean, I wouldn't call them Harry Potter. They're just round wireframe glasses. Like I have round wireframe frame glasses and I wouldn't call them Harry Potter glasses. Well, you are Harry Potter. Oh, so. excuse me. I do have a scar. <laughs> On your forehead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My name was going to be Harry if I were a boy. Oh, man. So maybe I am. You really missed out. <laughs> i think i'm really better off for it yeah no you're probably right <laughs> it would have been a pretty torturous childhood yeah actually that would have been rough yeah <laughs> a little boy who wore glasses because oh, um, i would have worn glasses because i wear glasses yeah I had bad eyes yeah. who had i mean i'm sure i would still have gotten that scar on my head i don't think that dependent on my sex sure yeah um yeah so a little boy named harry with glasses and a scar on his head i Oof. think things would have been pretty rough for me Oof. So yeah very fortunate that i'm a Actually, hannah and okay. not a harry all right you've convinced me han all right fine uh <laughs> worst nick cage scene is it when they're fighting because the yeah bad that acting? scene sucks yeah. the scene where he's like <laughs> well, you can't adopt what are you doing? We're not settled in yet. Uh, the best Nicolas Cage scene. <laughs> is it the dancing in Vegas? Ooh, that is pretty good. I, I think like that's that going to win some other awards, but I'm okay mm, with doubling up if you like. You have a big smile on your face, so I think we should just give it to that one. Unless there's a scene like one of the scenes behind the looking glass or... Oh, where he bites his lip. (laughs) I would not call that the best scene. I mean, I was thinking maybe like the tussle at the end or the bar. Yeah. The bar one. The bar scene is pretty good. Where he's confronting her. I like the dancing. I like the dancing. All right. Let's give it to the dancing. The dad dancing. Love it. Uh, Best Nick Cage scream. I think there's really one contender. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole sequence at the bar. Who else was in that room? Back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he just roars <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't do that i like i, I really ham it up <laughs> I uh I love it. and our final award is the most nouveau shamanic moments i think the repetition of did i how, oh, did i kill her did i do what did i do what wow i thought it did was I gonna be what? the dancing did i do one wow. did i do one <laughs> wow that's surprising okay fantastic do you agree i thought it was gonna be the dancing all right. It's the best scene, though. That's true. Okay. There it is. There you have it, folks. Some Nick Cage Awards. One of the last things we have to do here, folks, is rank this one. So where are we ranking this one, Han? 
Give me a number, roundabout. 70? 70. We just recently uh, put one at number 70, but we got 70 as bringing out the dead. 69. Oh, so better than bringing out the dead. Uh, City of Angels. We were just talking about this because we just heard the Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> songs. I think it's funny that's, that it stays there in 69 because he shows his penis. <laughs> his penis yeah. Yeah. Nicholas um, Cage's penis is in City of Angels. 71 is The Runner. Mm. 68. <laughs> oh, well, that would push things that would that would push city of yeah, angels outside right. of 69 then i'll put it at 70 <laughs> they're not all gonna be in the bottom like 10 percentile yeah all right so where where do you want it you want it at number 70? 70 okay so between city of angels and bringing out the dead sure okay. do you care not really does that make sense to you i think so this movie wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't bad it wasn't no. good but he's like he has more personality in it than he does in those two movies. <laughs> yeah, I do think it is better than Bringing Out the Dead, and and yeah, I do think. No, it's I worse think Bringing Out the Dead is a better movie. But I think that his performance in this is just more <laughs> memorable than it was in Bringing Out the Dead. I honestly, don't think Bringing Out the Dead is a better movie. <laughs> but I think either way, we arrive at the same conclusion. Yeah. All right, Han. <laughs> Next week, we are watching a movie called Two Eleven or Two One One. Just huh? the numbers, yeah. I don't I've never know. heard of this. Me neither. Uh, twenty eighteen. It has a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's gonna be great. Four. Can't wait. And then the week after that, we're watching Teen Titans go to the movies. <laughs> I know you you haven't oh shut up about the Teen Titans lore and how they changed it from when we were kids to like the recent animation style oh t totally yeah i know that you're really I upset about, about it, that but all then the time they brought it back so it's okay oh thank god yeah i was really worried about that uh -huh. yeah i know i know you're a big fan what all right folks two one one i don't know how are we even gonna be able to watch it i don't know i guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to we it we sure will all right until next week just remember we always will be here for you through nick and thin. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Cacao.